This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, Blenders, and welcome to Real Blend, a podcast that drinks with its fans. Hey! Sometimes. On very rare occasions, we do. That was one of your weaker ones. Oh, come on! Yeah, we drink with our there fans! Was, the, the, the pun, though. Where was the pun? Uh, there wasn't a pun this time. It was just, I'm, I'm excited that we met with our fans. This is true. Maybe because the moment with the fans was so good, it didn't require a pun to be elevated. Maybe. All right. puns help. The puns do help. I do. Li- I do appreciate the cheesiness of the puns each week. Well, I like that you you usually kind of you kind of come at us. With I those. consider it to be clever wordplay. It's like Hamilton. <laughs> which Hamilton, which Sean like doesn't like. I we learned over this weekend. Sean O'Connell. I'm the managing director like here at Cinema Blend, and this is episode number 42 of our weekly podcast. We are not on the Facebook page, but even better than that. We are live and in person in London, England. Hot damn. Joining me, as always, but rarely in person like this, is Jake Hamilton of Fox 32 in Chicago. Jake, hello, sir. Two-time Best Hair Award winner, Jake Hamilton. your hair looks amazing right now. Hey, thanks. Say more nice things. And, of course, Kevin McCarthy of Fox 5 in Washington, D.C. BDK. Who also has great hair and doesn't get enough credit for his hair. He really deserves it. He pays a lot for his haircut. Some type of award. I do pay a lot for my haircut. (laughs) I I do $12 Tuesdays at Supercuts. Right. What? Oh, no, you don't. Swear to God. There's no way. No, Dude. you don't. Swear to God. I go to Supercuts. No, you don't. Swear go to, to Supercuts. God. Handle the Bible. Swear to God. I go to Supercuts. I, was, I literally have my, the Supercut app on my phone. My tattooed lady does not make my hair look <laughs> as nice as yours does. I swear, right I do. I, I have, look, I have the, I have the Supercut app on my phone. Wow. I assumed that both of you guys pay top dollar. No, he does fancy haircuts. I have a very, I have a very strange association with Supercuts. Right. So when I was when I grew up in Newport News, Virginia, uh, off off of one of the main roads, yes. there was a supercuts right. that was connected to or right next to a subway. So every time I got my hair cut, it smelled like a cold cut trio, which was like <laughs> uh, I'm being serious. Like, you know, like cold cut trio is a very famous um, sub that Subway has. Yes. So it smelled like bologna and ham. Like I, I'll, I so every time I hear supercuts. I immediately think of Subway. That's I hilarious. thought that was the alternate name for this podcast, Cold Cut Trio. <laughs> Cold Cut Trio. is my jam. I actually have one the other day on the way on the way to. I've never heard of it. And by the way, this is not sponsored by Subway. Um, but on the way but to Subway, if you'd like to sponsor yes. us, if you'd like to, please contact We're us. Game. On the way to Edinburgh for Outlaw King, I did I did get a Cold Cut Trio in Scotland. No, in, Scotland, in, in, in the DC airport. Oh, all right, that's and funny. it reminded me of Supercuts. That's kind of so funny, I guess. Full circle. We are in London. You guys might not have realized there's a different energy to this podcast this week because the three of us are sitting around the exact same table in a hotel room in London, England. We are here for the Bohemian Rhapsody Junket. We saw the film. Uh, We did interviews. We're going to talk about this in a little bit. Uh, There's a lot of stuff that we're going to get into this week. We're going to have news. We're going to have a report from the first ever Real Blend fan meetup. Yes. Which we were so thrilled. Thank you. To have oh, some people I, I, come out. I, once we get going on it, it's going to get me emotional once we start talking yes, about it. Yes, it was fantastic. Jake's been crying in the bathroom for an hour. <laughs> well, we actually, that, that we actually couldn't, start the podca- we couldn't start the podcast for an hour because Jake's been crying about this. So well, we I, I cry about a lot of things. 
want to get to. Hold on, you guys fill time for a little bit because I'm trying to get to our reviews. Yeah. So, so as, as Sean said, we are in London. Yes. Uh, I was in Edinburgh. I saw Outlaw King. I did interviews with Chris Pine and Aaron Taylor Johnson. So that's been part of the trip so far. We all met here in London. Jake flew in for Bohemian Rhapsody. We saw Bohemian Rhapsody last night here in London. Yep. Uh, we all sat down with the cast today, as you mentioned, including Robbie Malik. We just we just actually came from a massive event on Carnaby Street. Where Rami pointed at one of us. Yeah. <laughs> I think he pointed at me. I think he pointed at me, Jake. I, I gave him the rock on sign. I pointed at him, and he pointed back. But I gave him the rock the on sign. The point is not a response to the rock on. The point <laughs> is a response to the point. Yeah, but just to give... You point to respond to a point. <laughs> to point pers- at me. To give perspective of where we were, we were on Carnaby Street, and they... They do a very famous lighting every year, uh, and the lighting this year was themed for Bohemian Rhapsody with the lyrics from the from the famous Queen songs. Roger Taylor and Brian and May were two original members of Queen. That was a uh, drummer and guitar player Insane. were there to hit the button to light it. Rami Malek, Lucy Boynton, the whole cast was there. Um, so we did, we literally just came from that. Yes. And now we just ordered room service. I had butter chicken. I think uh, uh, Jake had fish and chips. And yes, Sean, because I'm, I'm in England. Sean yes. had nothing. So, I didn't have anything. Yeah, yeah. So we are, you had a lot of wings at the event, though. Oh, so many wings, yeah. which is a problem. Um, yeah. But we start our podcast as we like to do with reviews. Uh, I will catch everybody up to the fact that we are up to 58 star ratings with 100 as our goal for December 31st. Uh, Jake has sworn that we will not reach that point. He's looking to. pretty good right now. We're not going to. Uh, everybody else might let us down, uh, but we are at 58, and we're going to climb. We have two new reviews to read this week, and I want to point them out. This is from Baslal, who says... I think uh, you were going to say Baz Lerman. Baz Lerman. <laughs> I was like waiting for you to say <laughs> like... <laughs> he said, this is fun to listen to. He said, lots of fun, great movie reviews and industry news, awesome discussions, wonderful vibe. Love these guys. So thank you very much, Baz Lal, for post- posting well this. Thank you. Thank you. Very this glad. is from someone, and I want to point this out because this person, their name is is Real Blend Hiring, and unfortunately, yeah. we're not. I mean, I do threaten to quit you literally every week. can't replace you uh, with Israel Blend Hiring. But he asked a question that I actually have the answer to, so I want to get to this in a second. Oh, yeah, he I know, asked, yeah, I know this. Who released Michael Myers from prison? So this is somebody who obviously is referencing the new Halloween film, but this is their review. Dear Real Blend, thank you for making my Northern Virginia commute enjoyable over the past few weeks. I first heard of this phenomenal podcast through Kevin McCarthy, who makes frequent appearances on Washington, D.C.'s 106.7 The Fan. Kevin's film analysis, coupled with his enthusiasm for cinema, led me to Real Blend, and I cannot stop raving about you guys. I've enjoyed hearing your opinion on Halloween... First Man, Venom, Bad Times at the El Royale, and A Star is Born. Hold on, I gotta click more. Despite all of these great movies, I'm eager to see the latest adaptation of the Halloween franchise. In preparation for this week's release, my girlfriend and I have rewatched all of the Halloween films, excluding Halloween 3's Season of the Witch. And I wanted to ask you a trivia question. In Halloween 5, and I have the answer to this, but I want to see... Did you know the answer? No, I had to look it up. Um, but I do know I do know the answer, and I will see if you guys know it. In Halloween Five: The Revenge of Michael Myers, Michael is captured and detained by the Haddonfield Sheriff's Department. Michael isn't held for long as a lone gunman dressed in black opens fire on the station and releases the shape. Who is responsible for Michael's release? Your friend 
Casey. I have no idea. This is Halloween 5. Halloween 5. I've never seen Halloween 5, so I don't know. So Unfortunately. 4 Revenge is of the Meyer. curse of Michael Myers. Season of the Witches 3, right? Season of the yes, Season that's of the, the one without 3. Michael in it. Correct. It's more like an anthology. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, if I could just uh, your friend KC make a little pause in the podcast of here, you can. Yes. Um, because no one else will uh, understand this because this is going to be happening as we're talking. Do you know this person? No, no, no. no. This oh. is about uh, our producer Gabe. Oh, yes. So we have we have uh, made a great practical joke on our friend Gabe yes. that we are very excited about. It's playing out in real time. It's playing out as we're <laughs> speaking right now. Uh, yeah. No, you know what the you know what the joke is. You just sent him in the email. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, we are yes. not going to inform you what we're talking about <laughs> until later. Uh, basically, we have been uh, taking. So we were taking. A, we, 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 <laughs> I just looked at a text. We've been taking. A, <laughs> we, we've been waiting a few hours to do our podcast, and Gabe has been waiting for our audio. So, um, because we started late, which was just now, as you're hearing us. Which is, um, okay, in case you're wondering, it is almost midnight. Right. Time. We're supposed to start uh, at, at 3 uh, o'clock this three afternoon. O'clock. <laughs> 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 and then that move got moved to 9. They got moved to 3.45. Yeah, it's midnight. Got moved to- so, as we speak, uh, Sean has sent uh, a, uh, a fake audio file. Yes. To Gabe of what our show was this for this week. We, we, it was very professionally labeled Awards Blend 42. Yes. Um, so we're just. The deep dive. We're, we're so waiting. for our 500th follower on Twitter, we will announce we will send what you this that is. <laughs> we will send you the audio of the exclusively. Space show that we sent to Gabe. So let me, in the meantime, answer so, the question. Wait, wait, wait. Before we go, um, so right now we're on a group chat. It's yes. Jake, Sean, and, and Gabe and myself. And we are telling Gabe that, hey, we had, a, we had a, such a great show tonight, which we haven't done yet. We're doing right now. That it was... Uh, uh, and poor Gabe believes Yes. Us. And the beauty well, of it... We're doing he probably so, knows us better We're doing so many puns in the text that only we get right. that clearly he has no idea what's going on. Um, so Jake just sent this beautiful message saying, make sure the audio works before we go to sleep. <laughs> Which is just the perfect reason for him to open it up and listen to it. Because <laughs> normally he wouldn't listen to the audience <laughs> until the next tomorrow. Day. And we don't want but the argument being that we're all together, right. so we only have one shot to do that. And we don't so. want this audio to come in later tonight and him not to click on the uh, right. the joking yeah. one. So 100%. we will keep this updated. But yes, continue Sean. Halloween. Our five. our five hundred five hundredth follower is going to get this audio. Yeah. I will literally hold on to this audio clip <sighs> until we get five hundred followers. I will Twitter. hold on to this audio clip until my deathbed. <laughs> like. <laughs> they're, they're, they're like my future wife and kids and grandkids and great grandkids are going to come to me on yeah. my deathbed and they're going to be like Jake any final words yeah. and my shaking hand <laughs> is going to hold up my old phone as I press play and it's going to play the audio that we just sent Gabe it's pretty brilliant and if, if that doesn't intrigue you then why are you listening to this show five seconds of genius to answer the question of who uh, released Michael Myers in, in number five speaking of I have to get to speaking this of yeah, speaking of honestly yes. like it, the question intrigued me but I don't know the the Halloween Mythology as yeah, well as I not. know. I had to cheat. I had to cheat. But so, I found the answer. So speaking of release, give us the answer here. <laughs> speaking of release, the answer is uh, for your brilliant Halloween question. The answer is Dr. Terrence Wynn, who is a who is a doctor who worked with Dr. Loomis and went into the hospital during the timeline for Halloween four through six and fired on the doctors in the hospital and released Michael Myers. Dr. Terrence Wynn. There you go. He is, win for the win. He is the leader of the Thorn Cult. <laughs> so I actually found the answer for you. I just wish we had a and camera. we cannot appreciate 
the question that you sent more. Yeah, seriously, thank you for sending that. Oh, I love. I mean, I love the review. I love the question. I love everything about it. So we are going to dive into so many different things this week. We're going to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody, which we all got to see. Yeah. We're going to talk about underrated horror, which is this week's blend. Underrated keeping horror with our blends. Halloween month theme, of course. And then I have a I have a new blend actually that Gabe put in that is a killer blend for the next time. Killer Queen? It is a killer blend. I mean, and I think we even might have discussed it potentially, um, (laughs) but you guys probably forgot what it was. So let's get into this. But first off, uh, I want to bring up Halloween box office because we talked about the fact that Halloween was opening next week or last week. And we talked about the fact that it could do really well, probably better than Venom. Halloween opened to 77.5% million dollars didn't quite break the record that venom posted but to have two october releases uh getting close to 80 million is staggering yeah. to me but it is the second highest horror opening of all time right oh, and in the opening weekend didn't it make more money than any halloween's made ever oh yeah absolutely like this opening weekend it's a dumb and it's also the biggest opening for a film story and actress over 55 Oh really? No yeah, kidding. That's no, I didn't even awesome. think about that. That's really cool. Yeah, I think that's a great statistic. So, and the number one horror opening of all time clearly is it. it with, with which but is, I don't think anyone's scoffing at. I mean, the, what, yeah. I saw the film. The, what it made like, it, or it cost like fifteen million or something. Is that like what it costs? Really? It did not it cost a lot. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not a lot. And I can't long. imagine Jamie Lee Curtis is, is inside of it. Is, is charging a lot. These See, days. Right. I, bet, I bet Jamie Lee Curtis went the went went the went the smart back points. Yeah, that's the way you do. I remember reading the Arnold. Arnold book about like his career and he's th- and always take back points dude I think I think yeah. the most money he ever made on a movie I believe don't quote me on this was Twins because he didn't he took the minimum up front and took the back end of the percentage Nicholson did that for Batman and you make you make more money than you would be offered up front especially right. if your movie does well clearly like, like I'm sure Twins so you think did. Curtis did that I don't know for sure, but I mean, if Jake is sitting, let me look up the budget because if Jake is saying the budget is fifteen million, it's actually ten million. Oh my god! So the budget for million. Halloween twenty eighteen was ten million. Right. So clearly, Jamie Lee Curtis did not take a. She's making a fortune. She's making a fortune on the back end. Right. I would imagine because that movie. I'm actually shocked they made it for that little. Yeah. Right. Exactly. I mean, but ten million. Was I mean, what would that, that yeah. really cost anything? There's, no, yeah, there's right. nothing in that movie that costs a lot of money. Right. You know why? Because this is Blumhouse. Blumhouse is so. Dude, they, they when I when we interviewed John Carpenter and Jason Blum. Yeah. Blum. 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 Yeah. Blum, Blum. They joked about how cheap he is. Like, yeah. He has a reputation yeah. for, but also like. He, David Gordon Green doesn't spend a lot of money on his no. films either. He also, that movie didn't Bryan. look expensive. It didn't look cheap. No, yeah, right. I yeah, am shocked. It was only ten million, though. Mm. That's actually pretty. Right. So, so get this. This this still blows my mind. Paranormal Activity, which was a Jason Blum production, right, cost fifteen thousand dollars to make. Oh my god! Wow, really? <laughs> wow, Jesus! You ready oh for god. this? Worldwide box office. One hundred and ninety-three million dollars. Insane. What's the percentage of profit on that? I'm like, like seven thousand. I'm just gonna say seven. So you're talking about <laughs> that doesn't seem so, No, it's not accurate at all. But you're at a fifteen thousand dollar budget. You make almost two hundred million worldwide. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so add add another seventeen on double it for like publicity. And, yeah. Yeah. Wow. But the, Still, all it was was that the, night vision camera. Paranormal activity publicity was just shock of like people viewing it in a that's theater. True. That's true. It's probably the cheapest marketing campaign ever. All right. Well, let me ask a spoiler question. And so if you haven't seen Halloween, punch away right now. Um, 
I'll give you three, two, one. I'm going to talk about spoilers for Halloween right now. Okay. The way that it ended, um, it is perfect closure from my perspective yeah. for the franchise. No. It, it, but it brought it brought Laurie's story to a conclusion. No, it didn't. You don't think so? That's Why? my problem. With the, that's my problem with the film. Why she killed Michael? No, I mean, did she, she did not. Did but okay, but but like okay, so I they, get they put I that get shot that in there can, for a reason. No, I know, and I get that like and, nobody and also, dies in horror movies. And also movies. the shot of the granddaughter holding the knife. Right, and like, also the, the shot has, has been passed of Myers no longer being in the fire. Well, that's the shot I was talking about. They right. put that shot. Okay, so they cut back to the basement and, and he's, he's the not flames there. and he's not there. Uh, but but it's closure. It should be closure. It's the equivalent of in Halloween, Loomis going back to the balcony, looking at the front yard, and he's not in the front yard anymore. Which is which is beautifully referenced in this movie with, yes. G- with Jamie the Curse yes. going yeah. over the. So exactly what you're saying is my problem with the new Halloween. Movie. Really? Oh, elaborate, please elaborate on this because I want to hear your. Because I want to hear Jake's perspective on this as well. My problem with the Halloween ending. So first of all, there's a lot of things happening here. Again, we're, we are in a spoiler discussion. Spoiler conversations will please bail out. So. Well, don't bail out. I mean, it's like, stay with us, but, like... We're talking about a book-ended film here, okay? Halloween 1. Yes. Halloween. Carpenter. This is also Genius. called Halloween. Yes. 2018. Because there are already two other Halloween 2s. Right. <laughs> this is the third <laughs> Halloween 2. <laughs> it's a very confusing timeline. So my perspective on this is, and this is just maybe just me based on my perspective... You're dealing with a movie that's 40 years later. Yes. The impact emotionally on what this has done to Laurie Strode and her family over the 40 years. She has PTSD. PTSD. Has a grandchild. Has a child. Yeah. So you're naming your movie Halloween, which is also the name of the original film. Right. My perspective on this is you're bringing it back. Why not fully give us the closure as fans we deserve? Okay. My point being... Is that the ending to me is a business decision, not a storytelling decision? Okay, I'd argue the entire movie is a business decision. Oh. The, the whole, let me get it. Actually, I disagree with that because David Gordon Green was the one who came up with this idea before any business was involved. Yeah, but Universal paid for it, they right? Right, because they thought that we would all come out. And but come out and my point it. is, the initial clearly people did. The yeah. initial idea of this movie came out of a, a a movie that David Gordon Green was making with. Jake Gyllenhaal called Stronger. But here's the All movies come from great ideas, but they don't happen unless someone says I know. business from a business perspective, this is going to make money. But let me let, let me finish but this this particular thing because I think I, I, I get your point. I, yeah. I, I know. I, I know what you're gonna say. The thing that David Gordon wanted to do was completely forget about the sequels. Right. She which she died in. Yeah. Um and bring back this classic iconic character for a face off. And see, I, I disagree. I don't think it was ever presented. Chase off? <laughs> but it was I never interpreted this movie as this is the end of the story. Okay. I, 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 I was never Boom. sold I was never sold that this is like the ultimate face off. Let me ask you this. Were you Sean? Um no, because I believe that if they if Universal bought the rights to continue making these movies, they're gonna continue to churn them out. All However, you're, everything when I you're watch, saying is business, business, business. However, not when I watch movies are it's, it's no, show no. business. Story like I'm telling you right now. Story horror movies. There's no reason we could not have had closure here. Why why couldn't we have had? Because this is the eleventh Halloween movie. Why couldn't there have been the three generations of Strodes? Yeah, decapitating him, just whatever, destroying him, 
fully complete. Think about what you're saying. This is, the, this is the 11th movie in a series, and it made more an opening weekend than any of the previous ten. Right. But here's the thing. My argument I is would, they, that the ending was not a story not decision. It was a business. Works. But I have a problem but horror, with but that. But horror movies have, have, have done that for an that. eternity. I have a big problem with Freddy that. Freddy has lived forever. Jason has lived forever. Michael has lived forever. That's how these things work, dude. Right. But I'm with Kevin in this one, and that issue. If you're going to bring it back for this reason. And call it Halloween. Did they bring it back for this reason? Well, I don't know. But I, I was not. Point, don't I, did not Halloween. I did not go it into the movie thinking this is the end all be all. But it should be closure. That's exactly. It to says who? Because you're Me, completely. For, said it. You're, forget, just, you're forgetting the sequels. You are bookending your movie Halloween to Halloween. You're 40 years later. But Three generations of strokes. Nothing in the promotion. Promised me an end to the story. No, not at all. No, no like, the entire yeah. movie is about her trying to end the story. Yeah. The entire series it, is about her. No, 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 no. But none of that ever existed. Halloween is the only movie that exists before this movie. What, what, I mean, like, my, my, my point is, if you watch the movie again, which I know you've seen it once, yes, the entirety of this film is literally Laurie Strode praying yeah. that Michael Myers Guess gets out so she can finally which the fact kill that they're him. transferring. Transferring him on the on, the eve it, before uh, Halloween right. is ludicrous. On top right. of all that, that she has planned. Hold on, she has a freaking kill room. She has the entire house set up. The entire film is leading to this moment yeah. that she is going to end this, and we are given an ending that is oh a horror movie ending. No, it is a horror geez. movie ending. Nothing happened. She didn't. Nothing. The guy's not dead. We all know that. Here's my complaint about that. the ending. Not so much that it leaves him alive at the end, in theory. Completely it's just alive. That the entire movie spends two hours telling us that she has spent 40 years yeah. building this strong. That's what I just home. said to right. you. No, you're talking about it from. I, I don't mind. I don't think he gets out. I don't think he gets out of that basement. But but why then show the shot of him not there burning? Come on, man. That's that, that, no, I know. But that I mean, is maybe he's on the ground. No, All, you guys are smart enough to know, I know. that that was a business decision. And you know decision. this business know. well enough to know that we were always going to get another Halloween at this. This opened to eighty million. Yeah. You know this business too but well you, not to think we were having a movie build up to that moment and the idea that this is somehow an end you're, you're, for Lori. You're too smart to think that we, we no, would be close. It would be so much greater if they had the courage to end it. Neither of you could have thought that we weren't going to get another Halloween. No, movie. I know. I you actually, guys know, but you know, no, you know I'm better 100% than that. You know better you. than that. Jamie Lee Curtis you is thought returning this was to be the, the last role. Halloween. Yeah, right. Exactly. She's returning. Returning. It's a big deal. The what do you mean bringing her back? She's done it like a thousand wow. times. No, she's only done it four times. That's a lot. This is her fifth. But the other ones don't matter. That's the point. But she's Still did them. But you need to forget okay. those for a second. That, okay, but we're you talking about to. like, but you can't say she didn't do them because from the timeline, but you have them, to forget she still them did them. The it's not like she, for forty years she stepped away from this role and now she's coming but back. Now, this is the fifth time she's but done. But your it. mind is stepping out of the story and going into the business no, and going. But, but she's you're, done this but, you're going, but you're saying because she hasn't appeared in forty years, therefore we need this. But she has. So but then she'll be in another one. Of course she will. She will. No. That's the entire point she, of the ending. She. And I, I'm not knocking him in the curse because I think she's she's embraced this very well. She's loving this. What do you right? think the last shot means? The knife. I think the last shot. I think is, it's the passing of the torch. Of the I torch agree. So does that mean she doesn't Greer's come back? Character and the granddaughter. No, the granddaughter character. takes the knife. I think. Yeah, the granddaughter takes the knife. Yeah, I, yeah. I think. Um, I think Jamie Lee still comes back. I think maybe she does so in a limited role. Mm. Um, I think. I think. Unfortunately, now we get into. 
I think this is the best Halloween sequel ever. Right. I agree. Not saying and now I think the I next agree, sequel yeah. we revert back to the generic babysitter killer. Ugh. I think that's where we I just back. have a big problem with an hour and 49 minute film whose entire purpose is building up Laurie Strode on this emotional journey of 40 years of pain right. with three generations of Strodes. How great would it have been to see all three of them over Michael Myers' body? Right. Destroying him. No, it'd be great. Think about uh, Jake, Jake, great. Jake. Think about that moment for a no. moment. No, think I, about the satisfaction. Here's what of I'll that tell moment. you. Here's what I'll tell you. And I'm not, and I'll, As a horror movie fan, yeah, we're moving on. We're I moving don't on. want to see the series. Like I, I like the he's still alive bit. I, it's, but then you can bring him back I, in other reincarnations of other storylines. I. But the, that's not. But that's not. Then why call your movie Halloween? Why not call? I mean. The, I mean why call it? Why not call it Halloween Revisit? Whatever. I don't care what the name would be. You're the record. Book, it should have been called Halloween just because the first movie was called you're Halloween. You're book ending it. Right. That title implied you, to me that this was the end. Yeah, that I agree with that. That title implied to me that we are coming. We are coming full circle. Done. Killed. Over. It implied to me that audiences know what Halloween means and they'll come and see it as long as it doesn't have a stupid subtitle to All it. Right. This goes back to my entire argument. And while while you you know this business, too I know well. that. But answer me an honest question. Yes, we are we are in a business. Yes, that is made for make to make money. But filmmakers still make movies. Agreed. In their own voice. Agreed. And do what not, they want to do. Not, with them. not every filmmaker. Not right. every filmmaker has that ability. But some of them do. Bradley Cooper had the ability to do whatever he wanted to do with Star Is Born. Right. And he did whatever he wanted to but do with it. You make a Freddy or a Jason or, or, or a Michael movie, you leave him alive at the end of the movie. That, that, don't call it Halloween. Sign. Don't That's call it exactly Halloween. exactly what you call it. Call it Halloween you, 40. You, call it H4O. You sign your soul to the devil and you leave them alive. No, call it H4O. Sean, back me up. You don't kill these people. No one has the right to kill these people. They belong to us as an audience. Answer me a yes or no question. I just want yes or no. Don't, don't, don't give me off whatever. Was the ending of this movie a business decision or a storytelling decision? Yes or no? Yes or no? no, no. no that's literally not a yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I will rephrase it. Yes or no? Pigs or dogs? <laughs> you literally could not have picked a worse question. I will rephrase it. <laughs> you built up such a dramatic moment. Yeah. I was hanging on every word. <laughs> was the ending? That, that question was literally the ending of Halloween, where you built it up and it was just, <laughs> exactly like you could yeah. not deliver. Was the ending a, a business decision? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, yeah. That's, I agree. My, that's my problem. Yeah. So, I agree. Overall. But, okay. okay. That's my problem. No, but That's you're a problem. Like I don't think there's anything wrong with a business decision when it allows me to keep having fun Michael Myers movies. Let me, no one has let a me, right. Not one person has a right to kill off Michael Myers or Freddy. Let, let me tell you this. That movie does not know it's a movie. That movie does not know that there's a business of Hollywood. Those characters don't know that they are in the business of show business. They are in a story that is being told. Hold on, listen. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're in a story that's being told. Right. They're not aware that business exists. If you, what you just said was, yes, it's a business but also, decision. But he survived the first movie. He got up after being shot multiple times and falling off the balcony. And that's and got fine. In the front yard and walked away. Because we never saw him fully die. He was shot. I would. My point being. If that happened though, to you and you fell off a balcony, you no, get up a wall. You cut his head off. off and you throw it in a freaking grinder. And he's there's no way he can come back from that. Okay. That's what you do. Okay. Speaking of getting your head cut off and thrown into a grinder, let's talk about first man. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> let's talk about we first do have to move because Gabe's not here. I, I, do, I do have one more question for you, Sean. Wait, where where, where, where are you at on this? Um, 
I agree with you. I agree that the ending was unsatisfactory because it wimped out in a horror movie fashion and left the door open. Jake, last question for you. I would have preferred full closure. Thank you. Of an end to Lori's story, a hundred percent. Fully end it. Yeah, I, I don't need any more Halloween movies after this. I understand that if this movie opened as big as it did, and it did, it opened huge, and well, that it Universal big, yeah. absolutely would want to make more of them, but I don't need any more after this. I'm done. I'm done with that franchise. Jake, I'm done. Now that you've seen the end... three people that are all going to go see the next one. Maybe. I- I'll go see it, but I don't need any more. But this one had that emotionality built it's done. into I'm it. I'm done. I'm done. I, I was ready for But at this rate, we'll get the next emotional one when they do Halloween 22. It would even be cooler if they both died at the same time. So, First Man tanked at the box office. It did. Let's let's really tear the band-aid off of this one. Mm. Because second Can I say one more thing? Can I say one more thing? Sorry. Why not? I actually like the new Halloween movie. Oh, I do too. So, to, so. to, 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 to give lot. some you clarity like here. You don't, you don't like it? The new Halloween movie? I like loved it. it. What are you, you talking loved about? You liked it. I, the more I think about it, the more I like okay. it. It's great. I liked the new Halloween. I gave it a three and a half out of five. Yeah. I give it a four. I want to explain that this discussion is solely based on the ending of the film. Yes, yeah, totally. but everything prior to that, I really enjoyed. Let me ask you this: so, just want to say that. First Man, yes, second week box office, eight million dollars, twenty nine point nine million after two weeks. What, what was the drop off? I don't know the percentage. Well, so it's sixteen point seven. So fifty percent. So fifty percent drop off. Is its Oscar chances done? Done. done. Done? Doesn't get Best Picture, doesn't get Actor, doesn't get Director. Disagree. Money doesn't play into the Oscars. Are you kidding me? Have you ever seen the Oscars? Look at the Best Picture winners over the past couple of years. No, there's a a difference between... No, 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 no. There's a difference between expectations. Expectations. There's a difference between a movie that wasn't expected to make money and a movie that was. First Man was expected to make money, and yes, it, didn't. it didn't. No one expected it didn't the actually cost that much. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It came out as a bomb. Let me ask you a question. No, tell me about the artist was never expected to make money. Uh, uh, three billboards was never expected to make the money. Artist made money, the but okay, but, but it was really. never expected to make like Buku's bucks. Yeah, Moonlight right? won Best Picture. Twenty-seven was, was never domestic. expected to make money. First Man was expected to open with what Moonlight made. I don't think the money you are wrong, factors sir. in the no, box office. You, you are absolutely Most wrong. Most movies that win Best Picture don't make a lot of money. Kid- no, but they're not expected to. This is my the movies that win episode. Best Picture. <laughs> no, the movies that win like the movies that you're talking about, Moonlight. Yes. No King one expected. Speech. No, no one Artists. expected those movies Hurt to make Locker. money. People expected. First man to open between twenty to thirty million dollars. It made twenty million opening essentially. No, it made not. 17, it made sixteen. Seventeen million. Yeah. Sixteen. Right. No, it is considered a box office. We all game. know what it was hurt by. No, it was not hurt we by all, that. No. Yes, it no, was. it was not. It was not hurt by the that. Reason why no, it, didn't it was do not. Well. Are you kidding me? Have you seen people? No, it didn't do well because no one was interested in it. I disagree. 100%. No, do you know how many people I talked to about that movie? And like, oh yeah, it's the it's the one with New Armstrong. How no many one I talked to. No general public. Wait, 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 let him say no. what his reasoning. What do you think the reason is the flag controversy? Yes. No. Yes, 100%. 100%. You, you think that's the reason why people didn't go? Yes. Okay. I, I think that that is a portion of it. But I also agree Love with you, Jake. Jake's perspective of the story of Neil Armstrong was not interesting to people. And, they're not, and, and the mainstream audience is not dialing into the new Damien Chazelle the way the three of us. And here's the problem. That's the problem. We confuse what we're interested in with what the mainstream audience, mm-hmm. the people out there that don't listen to podcasts like this, are interested in. My mom and dad, who go see a couple of movies a year, yeah. could not care less about the Neil Armstrong movie. They yeah. want to go see A Star is Born, 
because they're interested in that. Mm. They don't care. Well, about, and, about and also show. Ryan Gosling is not that he's not, draw. No, he's not. He's, he's never not been a box draw. office draw. No, not like Bradley Cooper. Not like not like Gaga. You obviously just like me have been getting the same tweets for yes, the past month. Yes, but hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me get my point on this. I have gotten over 100 tweets, at least, that I know of. Oh, a lot. I've seen them. And people physically telling me, in person, I am not seeing that film because it's anti-American. Oh, and so they were, crazy. And they, and they removed crazy. the flag. It's so angry. The American flag. So, my point being is that people were actively boycotting this movie. No, no, no. Yes, they no, were. No, man. No, we're never going to see it anyway. Anyway. Okay. I promise you, they I subscribed to this wait, idea. Wait, wait, wait. But like 50% of those people might have gone. Like, I think 50% of the people, you're saying that they dismissed it outright. Yes. I think 50% of those people might have gone if the word of mouth no, was No, you said like, 50%. That is, that, I, think, I think that's 50% of the, of the protesters, you don't think 50% no, of them might no. have been like, ah, I might go because, check it out. Because anyone that allows themselves to be swayed uh, but persuaded by a swayed 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 by swayed uh, a fact about a movie that they haven't seen yet sure. are not people that are open to go see a movie like First Man. Right. Wait. Well, okay. Let me ask Kevin a question. I want to ask Kevin a question. Do you believe its Oscar chances are still pretty strong? Yes. You think it gets Best Picture? Nomination. No, no, no I think nomination. She's... Nomination. I'm talking about nomination. Yes, I think it's Best Picture nomination. Picture. Do you think director? Yes. Okay. Do you think Gosling? No. Okay. Oh, do you think he's director? Yes. I argue with their director. Picture, I only say maybe a possibility because, like, uh, these days, I mean, like, if they open it up to 10 or even 9, right. you can get a Best Picture nomination and then not get anything else above the line. You can, you can get Best Picture nomination and the best then the next best nomination you get is, like, sound editing. Yeah, sure, right. Now, Kevin loves it. Kevin still loves the film. He wholeheartedly, top passionately three of the year. So it's so for you, too. No, yeah, I agree. I love the movie. It's going to be in my top 10 list in the year. I'm not knocking the quality of the oh, film. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Do, you, oh, do you think it's better than... Stars Born. No. Okay. No. My top three right now, which I've come to a conclusion at the moment, is Ready Player One, number one. Right. Stars Born 2, First Man 3. Interesting. Oh! Last week he had a tie. Yeah. Well, he's, progress. He's, but to Kevin credit, he said by the end of the year he would have it ironed out. He's already had it more yeah. ironed out this week than he had last I'm working week. through some issues right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and that, yeah, so I'm working through things. I'm trying to come to more conclusions. Are you surprised by this box office? No. No, really? No. I, this is, you guys don't remember? Yeah. I don't think... Is someone knocking on our door? Is that Chase? Come knock on our door. We've been waiting, We've been waiting for, for you. Do you guys remember? Do you guys remember? And I, I wish we had audio of this. We may or may not have audio of this. About a month ago, I literally said to you guys... That this is going to affect the box office for the film. And it's you got, not. And you it got, did not no, affect no, no, no. the box office. But you didn't think this movie was going to open this badly. I didn't, but I don't think I think it, be, it was because of general disinterest from the public. It didn't know it opened poorly because people weren't interested in the movie. The general public that I talked to on the streets could not have cared less about this movie. I it, it doesn't have a, a huge draw. No, it doesn't. Do you? There was no buzz. People don't care about the next Danny Chazelle movie like we do. No, the average audience does not know who Danny Chazelle is. And, even and I hate saying the that. The word of mouth, true. which was you have to see the moon landing on the biggest screen possible, didn't drive people. Well, to also the because it was only like the last five minutes of the movie. Sure, it's not like a Nolan movie where like you've got if you don't see it, 
in IMAX, you miss the entire experience. Right. This is sort of like, well, you less you miss the last five minutes if you don't see it. But like, it's right. also a possibility that people just stayed home and watched Face Off on Netflix. You yeah, know, that, that's definitely yeah. something that probably is <laughs> <laughs> a great movie. Uh, or also, Chase Off. <laughs> what are the movies for the the next two months that you guys are most looking forward to? Green, Green Book. Book. As we close, that really both of you guys said Green Book. At the exact same and time. And Roma. And Roma. That's amazing. I've oh, seen Roma. Roma is so good. Roma. It's Roma a film. It's amazing. It exists. Oh, Jake. I am blown away by Jake's dude. opinion on Roma, but we we'll get to that. You can't be blown yes. away. You haven't seen it yet. You don't get to be blown away there by is it. A rumor. But your opinion, based on the majority of what I've heard, is yes. you're, different. You're, you're a grown man. You can make your own decisions. But listen to the majority. I respect Jake as one of my best friends in the world, right. and it worries me that he feels the way he does about it. Dude, it's great. We will. It's so great. But we'll get into it. Kevin, you're going to love it. You're gonna love it. Oh, it's so good. Um, but I think, and what's interesting is like Jake and I both love First Man. You didn't, right? And then it's I find it so interesting how we where we differ sometimes, right? Um, oh, and nothing for me. And I, I this week what I'm interested what I'm nothing. what I'm finding fascinating is where how polarized we were on that Halloween thing. That was very that was a very heated discussion. I'm very happy about I wish, that. I wish we were recording that. Yeah, me too. Can you imagine that was? Like a I, it sucks that this is rehearsal. <laughs> yeah, you imagine that was a podcast. Like we had, we could discuss these things. Like it'd be really cool. Our last news story is the fact that uh, there's a rumor now out that Avengers Four might be three hours long. Bring it. Yeah, really? Okay, that was what I was going to say. Like, too long, too short, doesn't matter. You're in for whatever, doesn't matter. Also, I want to ask: um, Do we think that Avengers Four is even going to get a, tri- uh, a trailer? Yeah, it has to. You think so? Yeah, I, I don't think we live in a world where a movie that big doesn't get traded. Okay, so they have to put out something. Because, I mean, the minute that you release any kind of footage from this movie, it's going to be scrutinized more than the Zabruder film. Um, because we have characters who are yeah. dead, and if they're shown, we have to wonder how they came back. Were you able to open that, Chase? Did you get it? Um, also, if, if the characters that are alive, we don't necessarily know like what they're going to be doing. My biggest question for Avengers 4 is whether there's a huge time jump. I need to know if it's like five years I, ahead, I think the trailer is going to be almost Star Wars-like where it doesn't actually tell us anything. Okay. And there are going to be scenes that are cut out of context. Right. There are going to be scenes that are squished together and we're going to think that they mean something, but they don't because one's going to come from the first half of the film and the second one's going to come from the second half of the film. Okay. We're going to get nothing from the trailer other than here are scenes that exist within this film. Okay. And the movie is officially wrapped, right? As we yeah, speak, production-wise. Yeah, yeah. The Russos posted a tweet, which was a, what was that tweet? Can you, it was like just it was just like a weird, it like a light. Of yeah, some I was sort, too like under, I didn't understand light. what that was. Yeah, I don't know. yeah, I have no idea. And uh-huh. still no title, still no trailer. How does a how does a three hour? I think they're going to call it four Avengers down to you four force Avengers Force Gump. That's what Jesus they're calling Christ. it. Avengers 4 has come. <laughs> 4 it's is very late. <laughs> it is now Monday morning here I in London. I would respect that if that title actually happened. Would right. you? Would you? Sometimes I feel like you just say things in this podcast well, and to give pers- actually mean them. But to give perspective for people who there is no may perspective. be turning in. Uh, Sean. Also, this is the first episode you've listened to, episode yeah. 40, whatever. 42. You've missed out on a lot of inside yeah. jokes. Sean you hates. Start back at the beginning. 
when we were wondering if Shape of Water was going to win Best Picture. Just go back to the start. Sean hates Forrest Gump so much that when I knocked on his door tonight to come into here to do our podcast, I pulled a scene of Forrest Gump up and stepped aside from the door. And as he opened the door, he was greeted to a scene of of Forrest and Bubba. Yeah, yeah, it was a great moment. So thank you. You're welcome. It's very passionate to me. We can talk about Bohemian Rhapsody. We both we've all been able to see it. I don't think we can get into it. It's not like spoilers. I know spoilers with Bohemian Rhapsody. Can we discuss Bohemian Rhapsody? Are we able to talk about uh, it? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. Fair? Well, we, why don't we discuss what we were, were doing? Let's talk about the junket. Yeah. yeah. Let's get into the junket. Because I don't know. Well, the movie opens in a couple weeks. The review embargo, I don't know if it's up yet. Right. So, so we're in uh, we have, we have, a little hesitant to get into details. I have socially reacted to it on my Twitter. Okay. Um, I, I, I've reacted to it in my heart. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and if you know my heart, then you know what I think. That's where. That's all that matters. But uh, I think we all can agree. Um, let, we'll we'll skate on this in regards to keeping it socially. Uh, in regards to, we'll react to it like as we would socially. But we yeah. will hold our official reviews, and we'll get in yeah. depth when it, once it's open and more people can yeah. can actually understand it. Exactly. So, um, how'd your interviews go? I mean, they were awesome. So Jake, Sean, and I are in London. We interviewed the cast today. Rami Malek, uh, the entire cast, Lucy, Bo- Lucy Boynton, who I'm obsessed with from uh, uh, Sing Street. I talked to her about Sing Street. So did I. I oh, love, damn. God, I love that movie. It's so great. It's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. I, 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 I did do my Graham King joke when I sat down. No, did you realize? Yes, okay, I wait, did. Good oh my uh, God, please set this up. This is a great joke. Uh, so uh, I... I, was, I can't believe you did this. Fully, it, 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 it made sense. So like when I sat down... So um, we were in the hallway... <laughs> Uh, and I said, I would love to walk in Graham King's room and say, now that you've made this, why don't you legally change your name to Graham Queen? Because it's a movie about queens. <laughs> so, so I told Jake and Sean. Can we, can we say for a second, there, we have. We do this all the time. Oftentimes yeah, yeah. throughout this podcast, we've talked about my buddy Chase, who is a, uh, who is a fan of, of the podcast. Chase Off. He is an advocate for Bathroom Blend. He, he's an advocate listener. And he's actually literally in the room with us right now. Chase, say hello. He is in the room. Hi, everyone. In the room where it happens. In the room where it happens. We're going to be sued by a lemon <laughs> So how did it go? Did it uh, work? So, no, no, it ended up being perfect. I, so I, I walked into Graham King's room. By the way, who's produced every film you can ever imagine, from, like, The Departed to, uh, you know, like a lot of Scorsese films. Um, the Departed. The Departed. Are you a co-op? So Are you a co-op? I just sat down and I said, hey, this, you know, this has been a 10-year journey for you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. I was like, I was like you, made, you technically could change your name to Graham Queen. And he started, like, laughing really heavily. But it was just done in such a nonchalant way. His last name is King. The movie's about Queen. It made perfect sense. I'm sorry, could you explain that joke? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you know, because King and Queen. I love that joke. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best. Uh, but yeah, so the interview's great. Uh, we interviewed the whole cast. Um, and which the last time we saw the film here in London. And tonight we went to this cool lighting of the Carnaby Street, which we mentioned earlier. Yep. You can um, find it on our social channels. Yeah. And yeah, the, but the room that we all were uh, uh, worried about focusing on was the four room. So yes. Rami Malek was paired with three members of the Queen Band. Mm-hmm. So Willem Lee, uh, let's see, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, uh, Ben Hardy. Yes. And then uh, Joe Mazzello. Yes, who from is, Jurassic Who's the kid from Jurassic Park. Okay. And I also told- The Cure. Yeah, have I told the story about pulling him aside and asking how they shot the fence scene in Jurassic Park? No. On our podcast? No, tell that one. So he, we were in Vegas, and we were walking into this room to interview the the four four members of the group, uh, but Lucy Boynton was actually 
doing the uh, interviews for Ben Hardy because Ben Hardy was, uh, I think, shooting a Michael Bay movie uh, for Netflix. So um, Joe walks out of the room. I said, I walk up to Joe and I'm like, hey, can I ask you a quick question? Like, I'm not going to be able to get to this in the room because we're, you know, we're, it's four people in a room. So Joe and I just had a great discussion about the fence scene in Jurassic Park. The ejection from the fence was actually a stunt double. No. Um, yeah, so they, they they came in close on Joseph's face on a fake fence, and then they cut to a shot of a stunt double being ejected from the fence, and they pick him back up. And he talked about meeting Stan Winston. They talked about working on that and the car sequence with the the, the animatronic T Rex that was being operated. It was a very cool discussion. But um, yeah, so if you're wondering who Joe Mazzello is, he is the young boy from. It made me Jurassic Park laugh today that um, Jake and I left the junket and we were trying to run some errands. Actually, we were picking up a microphone to be able to record this podcast today. And the three guys not named Rami Malek, uh, who are playing the members of Queen, were able to be out on the street smoking cigarettes and hanging out and just talking amongst the three of us. And Jake and I walked out and we were like, oh, guys, you know, thank you so much for the interviews and appreciate all you're doing. And, and like... They're of the level of fame where they can still hang out on the street, which right. is great. Uh, you almost don't want to be at that level because yeah. Rami was clearly not with them. And uh, A for or maybe Mr. He Robot. Just smoke. That's also probably true. A for Mr. Robot, but then also just because he's about to play Freddie Mercury, I think it's so much more on this level of, uh, of superstardom. So uh, it was fun to run into those guys. I think we had a really fun time. I think you can find all of our interviews that we posted on our social media channels. Very, very soon. We want to talk about um, something we were able to do here in London, which blows our mind. Um, and if you'll allow us just to sort of... Geek out for a moment. Yeah, just gush about this silly little podcast that we're doing. Um, last week, you know, when the three of us realized, like, in addition to coming here to do the to do the junket and to be able to record together again, like, you know, we, we did in Toronto and we did it once in Paris where Van Vliet filled in for Kevin, uh, you know, to be able to record a, a longer than usual. Yeah, he sat in my Chris Van seat. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to do my, my, my segment. We threw out this idea of what if we just went to a pub and met with um, anyone who potentially listened to this show and... And we so we ended up going to this place called the King's Head here in Mayfair, and we had five listeners who showed up. And now, I mean, it doesn't sound five doesn't sound um, like amazing, but you know, as Jake sort of pointed out, like this is a podcast that hasn't even been in in existence. He said when he when he phrased it this way, it blew me away. It was like the Real Blend podcast didn't even exist a year ago, and the fact that we were able to come to London and meet with five people who listened to the show. Blows our minds. So uh, we went to this this fan meetup. The three of us wholly expected to just have the three of us in a bar. Yeah. We literally <laughs> said that. The we yeah, decided, like, if worst case scenario is the three of us hang out in a bar and drink. Yeah. Then we're doing okay. So that's a win. But exactly. there was, I believe it was Toby was waiting outside for us. Yes, as we were we, walking like, up yeah, to Toby the door. Toby was McGuire? waiting outside the door. Yes. Um, Toby <laughs> McGuire. Toby Keppel. <laughs> And uh, and then you know and then a, a few other amazing people showed up. And, yes, and uh, it was. I, awesome. have a, I have a confession. Please, <laughs> I'm just sorry I didn't tell you guys this sooner. Um, I <laughs> all five of those people were my mom, <laughs> but it was done. It was done like Naughty Professor style, where where she she she, she sat there. <laughs> 
<laughs> Wait, we were looking at tennis balls? You remember Night Professor with the dinner table scene with the Hercules scene. <laughs> way too impressed with this. The, the Hercules scene. I think it was the, Eddie, Eddie Murphy played funny. five people in that scene. Right. That's what was happening. So Saskia, so Joe, every one of them was my mom. Didn't exist? No. So didn't like, exist. when Toby you were looking at exist. Toby, right. there were tennis balls Amon, where the other people who were. Came to visit us. Right. And then we somehow cut Did to not exist. other conversations where my right. mom then got into costume. Carrie and, Ellen, yeah, who was Jill, it was your talent knows no bounds. You know, it was interesting when I, when I texted my mom, I texted my mom right. after the whole thing was over. Right, she said it reminded her of what it felt like to be Robin Williams in those scenes in, in Mrs. Doubtfire right. when he's going to the bathroom back at the, at the, at the beginning, at the end when he's switching from table to table. Right. As uh, so, I, I don't know if you noticed at one point. Um, I think Toby may have had like a wig on right. by accident right. uh, because he was supposed to be right. somebody else. So, so mom, thank you. That was one of the funniest scenes where where Robin Williams returns to the table and he's kind of half the in lipstick. Drag. Yeah, yeah. And it, like, it's a sort of flirt with so a guy across from him. That scene made me so stressed out. It's like, yeah. Okay, can we get back to the comedy? In people all that came out to reality, work? yes. Outside of Kevin's. <laughs> Far-fetched joke. And that comes from me joking that my mom writes every review we get, which is not true, clearly, but it's very funny. Just we cannot funny. emphasize enough how much we appreciate the yeah. people who came out. It's very humbling. To hang out with us. And uh, we really, re- you guys are outstanding. We love the fact that you guys listened to us. We love the fact that you guys took the time to actually come out of your, uh, you know, your normal schedules in the middle of a Brexit uh a gigantic yeah. Brexit rally. Which we all got stuck in. Which <laughs> we all got stuck in. And we loved meeting you guys. We loved hanging out with you guys. Um, it has really energized the three of us to potentially do something else. I know we're talking about doing something in Chicago at Celebration. Uh, that's not until April, so maybe we can do something before that. I don't know. We'd we'll like f- to think that there will be a junk that will bring us all together. Right. Then. Yeah, we'll figure it out. But but we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank Thanks you Thanks to so my mom much. for flying to London for to every- that. <laughs> <laughs> for coming. Really nice. Speaking of London. No, but be, being honest, though, the five people who showed up, we were walking to the bar, and I literally said to Sean and Jake, I'm like, guys, is, like, is, what if no one shows up to this? This right. is going to be kind of weird, right? No, like, like Jake said, we'll... Just grab a drink together and just be friends and chill and like. I didn't say be friends. Not be friends, friends. But, you know, but but you know, he said, "Well, I'll appear to be your friend," kind right. of thing. Yeah. yeah, I didn't even say those. Yeah, you didn't. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm hearing things. I'm going through some things. Sorry. <laughs> um, no, but uh, 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 yeah, but so no. Thank you to the five listeners. It, it was awesome. Um, uh, actually, uh, I'm actually going to take a note from. Um, about the Mission Impossible uh, oh, element. Uh, Carrie. Yeah, so Carrie uh, does very uh, something similar to what my, what my wife and I do, which she goes to uh, different areas and refilms locations of famous movie shoots. And my wife and I have been doing that since we first started dating with Mary, when Harry met Sally, Cats is Selling in New York, whatever. Um, but Carrie went to a location where she did the running shot from Mission Impossible Fallout, oh, which wow. is about 20 minutes away from our hotel. Looks great. So tomorrow I'm going to go out there um, because of Carrie, who sent me the location. She actually sent me a really nice tweet with a map of London pointing to where this location is. That's awesome. That's how dedicated these our, our, our listeners are. So uh, shout out to everybody who came out and for our great discussions about movies. Yep. Uh, I don't remember if we came to a conclusion on everybody's Kill Bill theory, but... It was pretty split, yeah. which I'm really happy about. Yeah, yeah. It was pretty split. And what, what I love the most is when Toby was ready to take his picture, um, he said, Oh, chill, what's should it? I hold my cuff link? Like Jake does. And it's very funny to see someone else 
kind of pulled Jake's move. And but though it, it's so. not my move, it's The Rock's move. The Rock taught us. That's how The Rock it, holds it. It, it, it comes from not yeah. knowing what to do with your hands in a picture, so right. you hold your cufflinks. Well, that's your that's your move now. You claimed it. You know what? Wait, the Rock walks in this room. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell him. Since, Sean says that's my move. Since we are in London right now, um, one bit that we wanted to do, one segment that we wanted to do, was our favorite. London press experiences. And I don't know if Kevin, uh, if I told you about this. <laughs> Maybe I didn't tell Kevin that we were doing this. So I'm going to let, um, and Jake actually sort of, and then we're getting to this week's blend game, which is underrated, underrated horror blend. But but before we get to that, because the three of us are together in London, I want to sort of take the, the time to sort of talk about favorite London press experiences and giving Kevin some time to sort of think about it, because I think I'm just hitting him with this now, I want Jake to go first because Jake sort of intrigued me earlier today with his answer of saying, he's like, do I have to do favorite or is it best or is it just like most memorable? And and then he sort of took it from there with a, I, I thought it was an intriguing tease. So Jake, Jake, take it from there. Yeah. I, the very first time I ever came to London, I was, it had to be in my early twenties at this point. And it was for a pretty big junket that, that I was really excited about, and a lot of people seemed to be pretty excited about it. So we showed up. I showed up to London, and actually my parents came with me, and it was all of our first time in London together. Oh, wow. It was a pretty big deal. And, nice. And uh, I remember going to the screening and just being just just psyched out of my mind. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm here for this movie. And and we go to the – it's the world premiere. And, and we're talking about a movie that the world was looking forward to. And we show up at the premiere – and I get my seat, and, and, and really, like, I didn't really have to, like, you guys weren't there, I didn't have a ton of friends there, so I'm sitting there by myself, and and I'm watching this movie, and I'm watching this movie, and I'm watching this movie, and the movie ends, and the theater erupts in a roar of applause, and people just going nuts, their eyeballs were melting, their faces were just melting off like it's ready to the lost art, and they're like, my God, this has been like the second coming of Christ, <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, I didn't like that movie very much. And like, what did you all see that I didn't see? And I like, I don't, I don't think that's a very good movie. And it was a little film called Avatar. <laughs> and I remember, you for Avatar? I remember thinking like, what did everyone else see that I didn't see? What? You came for Avatar? And I, I remember clue that's what you're and, talking yeah, about. Yeah. And I remember like, <clears throat> even like going to, going to, it was a Fox film. I yeah. remember going to Fox the next day and people were like, like, you know, cause you sort of, you need to give a reaction to the studios. They, they want to know what you think about it. Sure. And everyone was just like making a beeline to be able to go to the studios and be like, movie is amazing. Yeah. Top 10 list. Best film of the year. Like we're talking Oscars. Best picture. And they got to me and they're like, Jake, this is your kind of movie. What do you think? And I was like, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. It's got like Pocahontas. <laughs> and, a, and a hush. And Fern Gully. And because the person <laughs> checking in press was the producer of the film, John Landau. Landau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, um, John Landau was checking in press yeah. in the hospitality suite. And, and so he was part of the like, what? what did you think? And I didn't know it was him. Okay. Ooh. And was sort of like, yeah, you know, it was okay, but I felt like it was a little derivative and like, oh, you know, no. And someone pulled me aside. I was like, that's the producer of the film. And I was like, I wish you had told me that before. You <laughs> He's a big camera guy yeah. too. He's a, He's a big camera, camera guy. guy. And so that is not necessarily my. Fa- I've had. I've been to London. And this. I was trying to count up how many times I've been to London. Probably in the ballpark of twenty-ish times okay. I've been to London. Jake, would you say that when someone pulled you aside, they pulled your John <laughs> hand down aside? <laughs> Did they take your hand down aside? <laughs> no. Do you get it? Because his last name is Land now, <laughs> and somebody pulled your hand. 
Now, the side. <laughs> Did you get camera for that movie? Yeah, we got camera. Did you really? Who went to the entire podcast? Oh, God, that hurt. That hurt so much. All right, I'm going to go next. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Do you have your answer? Get Yo, your answer. By the way, it's funny that Jake said that because I was... Not, not, uh, do you want to go next? Or no, 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 no. You, go, you go next, but, you but sure? I want to uh, express Jake's sentiment because uh, Terminator 2. Please express my sentiment. No. <laughs> oh, God. Where's Gabe to wrap us up? Uh, anyways, um, what Terminator. T- yeah, no. Yeah, Chase. Chase, Chase is wrapping us up. up. <laughs> God, he looked like Gabe, too, for a second. He had glasses on. That mean face. Terminator like, 2. Yeah. Terminator 2. So. James Cameron is the reason why I do what I do today. Yeah. Terminator 2 changed my life. Uh, I've said this story a million times. I was eight years old. Terminator 2 is the reason why I love films. It's the reason why I ask the questions that I ask. I just want, that movie blew my mind. Yeah. Like I, was, I remember sitting there with my parents going, how are they doing this? I remember interviewing James Cameron for Avatar. And I said to him, five minutes into the discussion, can I ask you a question? How did you get the T-1000 to rise out of the ground and, and then turn into that cop and put his knife uh, in, in, his, in his eye? And I think he was just like, well, none of that was actually there. <laughs> like, and I wasn't asking it like that, but it was, it was really funny. By the way, cool little movie trivia. Those two cops are twin brothers. Oh. You didn't know that? I didn't know oh, that. Did you know that the, the, the movie scene in T2 when they're peeling back Arnold's head in front of a mirror is because Linda Hamilton is a twin and they're yes. that's on a mirror that's two she yeah exactly I think that's her when, when T-1000 what? turns into her yeah. yeah so anyway so when Avatar was starting to come out and the trailers would say from the director of Terminator 2 or True Lies or Titanic which are all phenomenal films when Avatar ended I had the exact reaction you did everyone else in the theater blown away like I'm not crazy and I walked out and I went it was fine. It was extremely underwhelming. Like, honestly, I was extremely disappointed as a James Cameron fan because okay. the guy, like, consider it. And what I ended up figuring out over the years with, with Avatar was that he essentially put technology over script. Yeah. And he waited for his technology to catch up and not really cared, in my opinion, based on what I saw on screen about the script and the story. Right, right, right. Um, and when you have an object in your film that is hard to get and it's called unobtainium, yeah. that's Whoa. a bit of a problem for me. As right. a, you know, like, like, you're, like, that actually sounds, like, think about how ridiculous that sounds. The thing they're looking for that they can't get is called unobtainium. It was very disappointing. I agree with you. I don't think Avatar's a bad movie. It's just extremely underwhelming. But right. continue your, what's your favorite London My story? My turn. Okay, so, um, before we came over here to London for this trip, I was having a conversation with my mom who lives near me in Charlotte, and she's adorable. What's her name? Maureen. Okay. Maureen. Maureen O'Connell. She's adorable. Um, she loves when I get to go on trips like this. She thinks international travel is, like, the greatest thing. And she said, um, well, how many times is this to London for you? Is it, like, five or six? And I said, I, I mean, truthfully, it's, like, 15. Like, I mean, it really got away from me because I remember the first time coming over here was just like so blown away by the fact that you can actually come to another country to watch movies or talk about movies like that. That's like so foreign to me. And so the idea that I've been able to come over as many times as I was. So literally sitting at the gate ready to board 
I pulled out a piece of paper and just scratched out like the the times that I remember coming to London because I I never really kept track and then and I actually came up with fifteen that I remembered and I know that I'm even forgetting a few and that to me is an incredible incredible blessing um, to be able to be come over here and then, like I was saying to Jake today like if you just looked at that list of fifteen and you said like this is your career like if these are the things you've been able to do Dude, one of these over the course of your career like it would blow your mind it would blow your mind even the one you're on right brain. now would yeah. blow my mind right exactly yeah. and so like i i understand 100 percent that like this is such an incredible gift and this is not normal and we said this to each other when we're sitting at the carnaby uh street c- celebration tonight as brian may is coming up on stage to like press the button to turn on the lights we were like this is not normal we should never think this is normal um, it's 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 on us to basically remember how unusual this is that we get to do this. And you got to go back home and be able to adjust back to what real life really is. You have to, yeah. yeah. So it's so hard sometimes because of the, the how cool these things are. But there's two that I want to bring up. One is one is um, a set visit to Zack Snyder's Justice League, which was to me fascinating in this moment. In that when we go to set visits, everything that we learned is 100 percent embargoed. We can't talk about it. Um, we have to sit on this information that we learn. We see amazing things on the sets of these movies. And being able to walk around like a studio like Pinewood and to Where see Where they shoot a, Star Wars in the Bond movies. Oh my God. To see a blockbuster being shot is is like to me, the, the you know, the, the kid in me is like, why are you here? You know, how are you on this set? And actually one time when we were here in London on the Thor The Dark World stage – and we were in a soundstage where they said, uh, this, is, this was Asgard. This was the throne room of Asgard. And they said, in this room that you guys are standing in right now is where they shot the finale to Star Wars, where they all get their medals. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Wow. Right? I just and, chills. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, how are we in this yeah. room? Like, but this was the soundstage. But that's not even my thing. My thing is, like a, is, a, is a Harry Potter trip. Because prior to the MCU... I, my argument is that the Harry Potter franchise is the most impressive film franchise that I've ever seen from start to finish. Because you cast these kids and this incredible supporting cast, and you carried them through for eight movies. Is it eight movies? Yeah, eight yeah. movies. And none of them screwed up, right? Like, yeah. like theoretically, over the course of these eight movies, someone should have got in some sort of trouble. Right. Yeah. Where Rupert Grint went on a drug yeah. bend and he just could never finish his movie. Or someone died, and God bless Alan Rickman made it through the entire thing, yeah. thank God. And yeah. Daniel Radcliffe, who they invested in when he was a freaking seven-year-old, yeah. grew up to become yeah. Harry Potter. And right? even, like, the, the biggest scandal was that, like, he came out and admitted he had a drinking problem, but he handled, handled it in the most mature adult, like, coming out saying, hey, I have this issue, and this is something I want to get control of. Right. Like, even, even the quote-unquote scandals were handled it with the most class and in the most like professional adult way in the sense that like he hopefully I haven't really necessarily followed that story but hopefully he's got it under control he's he's got it handled and yeah so that franchise to me has blown me away so I've always viewed the Harry Potter franchise as like it shouldn't happen like there's just no way that they should have pulled it off from start to finish it shouldn't be as good as it was but we were able to go to the set of Fantastic Beasts and we watched them recreate um, a Parisian neighborhood. So if you go to a set and you step onto it and it's a set from 
another city that you you know that you're, you're you know you're in London, but you're standing on a set and it's Paris, and half of it they divided it in half, and one half was a normal Parisian street, and the other half was the magic version of the Parisian wow. street. So every storefront was a magician's storefront or some sort of magic tinged storefront, and the the centerpiece was this. You're going to see this in uh, Crimes of Grindelwald. This was for the set of Crimes of Grindelwald. So we went to this amazing set, and it was so elaborate. It was like numerous blocks long. We're through different alleyways. We're walking through this entire set. We're loving every minute of it. But then at the end of the night, they let us go to the Harry Potter um, museum or exhibit that's outside of Pinewood. And they shut it down just for us to be able to go through. So... And if, if no one's ever been, like, if you're a Harry Potter fan, uh, even, like, of the littlest bit, like, you have to, you have to go to this exhibit because it's just the most incredible collection of props and sets from this franchise. Dining like, hall. It's everything. Like, the minute you walk in, yeah, an edge of tomorrow, the first thing is the yeah. Great Hall um, with the floating candles and the tables that they all sat at. Crazy. But it was one of those things where, like, every single time we went through another room, and so we go, we go through and the first exhibit is, like, Statements from the different directors, and to me, it's Quran. Like you see Quran and Askaban, and we've talked about this on the podcast. So I see him talking about his his Askaban thing, and each room you go to is like another. You can just go deeper and deeper, and every time you think that it's done, of like I've seen everything possible. There's no way I can see more, and then you walk through another exhibit. You saw the Hogwarts, the the entire train of the Hogwarts Express. You go through um, replications of Harry's house. You go through replications of these Hogwarts rooms. It's like, it's so elaborate. It's so incredible. And uh, and the fact that we were able to like go watch them film Fantastic Beasts and then go through this entire exhibit of the entire Harry Potter universe. And it was like my job. Like my job. Jake is yawning. But it's like, it blew me away. We've also been up for a very long time. It blew me away. I'm not yawning by nature of the story. It's actually fascinating. And actually, that's actually a bucket list thing of mine. I've always wanted to go to that. Incredible. Incredible. And so that, whenever I think of London, I will think of being able to go to the set of Fantastic Beasts and then to go through the entire Harry Potter. Yours is so much more positive than mine. Exhibit. I know. (laughs) Well, I also hate Avatar. So I'm with you. I mean, I I find it interesting that you, you went on that very passionate, hmm, Moment just now. Yes, about to happen. The only thing that just happened was a Yawn O'Connell. No. That's very good. That's very good. Do you have a London memory? She's crawling under the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Do you have a good London memory? Yawn, Sean. You must have a good London memory. I'm not yawning. That was a great story. We've just been up for a very long time. It's very You yawn O'Connell. I woke up at 5.30 and it is almost 1. Admit that you yawn O'Connell. Kevin, finish this up. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to our blend yet. I know, our blend. Mine is actually, um, I've been th- thinking about this re- like, since our, you were brought up just now. And it's like I, for four minutes. I, no, it comes, <laughs> well, prior to your yawn, there was about 10, 15 minutes of discussion. I got um, lengthy. I got, I got very wordy. Uh, no, no, I thought it was a great story. I love your passion for it. That's why we do our show. Of course. This is true. Unfortunately, Jake doesn't appreciate that. Um, <laughs> I quit. 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 Mr. White, I quit. I quit. I quit. I quit. So I worked at a movie theater when I was 14. No, I was 14. Wait, 16. Oh, dear God. What? No, this is, not, this is not action. There's no joke here. Um, when I worked at a movie theater, 
the, it was around the time that Fast, the first Fast and Furious movie opened up. And I, going. I was obsessed with that fr- that first movie. I saw it at least nine times because I have all nine tickets. Because what I would do is I would go, after work every night, I would go to see it again. Because it was like, I also grew up in an area where school, where, where, where car shows were a big deal. Like on okay. Saturday night, you would you'd trick out your car a little bit and you would drive to like a Best Buy or a Circuit City parking lot or whatever, and you would... Remember Circuit City? I don't know if you guys remember yeah, that. It was, it was the, the, the lesser brother of yeah. Best Buy. <laughs> Rest in peace, Circuit City. <laughs> um, so you would go there, and you would trick out your cars. My brother my brother was really into it. I was, you know, I, would, I had two friends who were really, really into it, so I would just go with them to these car shows. You know, it was fun. It was like... But when Fast and Furious came out, it kind of spoke to that culture, but it was also like... just. I love the dynamic of the characters, and I know it sounds weird like to talk about character depth in a Fast and Furious movie, but yeah. I genuinely do think that over the course of these films, I care about you know the characters and the Walker. Family. Yeah, I do. I actually do. Um, anyway, so um, one of the times I saw Fast and Furious was my buddy Brendan in at the Egyptian Theater in Maryland. Mm. Uh, I don't remember how I was up there visiting him, but I remember how, I remember the ticket. It was like a blue Fast and Furious ticket, and I don't know, I just kept all of them, but that was the one that I liked the most because it stood out from all my other tickets because it looked different. Because every ticket I had was like basically the normal ticket printing of my area. So Kiln Creek Regal Cinemas or AMC Patrick Henry. So I get an invite to London to do Fast and Furious 6, uh, Fast 6. Mm. You were there. I was there. And uh, so I, I, you know, I open up my ticket stub book and I'm like, oh, I got to bring my Fast and Furious ticket. To, to the cast I mean they're all gonna be there yeah. um, so we get there we're doing Star Trek Into Darkness first and then so the cool this, this story has a lot of interesting elements that make it the best but we interviewed Abrams this is right as Abrams got the Star Wars gig mm. he was he was fielding very non-spoiler questions about I remember I remember telling J.J. Abrams please put a lens flare at the end of your sabers and he, like, I remember him like dying laughing. I was I will see what I can do. <laughs> I remember if he, that, that, that's a whole other story. Awesome. But, but it was a cool thing because we got to interview. It was Pine and Quinto. It was um, Simon Pegg. It was a great jump. Yeah. Cumberbatch. Cumberbatch was there. Um, so then we get to Fast and Furious. So it was a weird thing for me because I had been doing junkets at the time. I've been doing them frequently, but I never got to talk to the Fast and Furious cast. Right. Or six films in. I mean, we all know that two and three kind of jump the shark, even though I kind of like three a little bit. Guilty pleasure. But four, five, I loved. Five was... Five is incredible. Five was reinvigorated the franchise. Um, so I was, like, freaking out to be able to even, like, meet Vin Diesel or uh, Paul Walker or anybody who is in the cast. Michelle Rock. Rodriguez. No, Rock actually didn't show up. We had, Jake has a funny story about that with the tweet. He tweeted me. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> he couldn't make it in for some reason. So and like tweeted, tweeted me to like apologize that he couldn't be there. Really? Yeah, yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Did you but call him out? I and I didn't call him out. I think I just said something about being disappointed that yeah. like the rock because I, I think he hurt himself okay. shooting something right. and couldn't make a, the Tooth jump across fairy? the pond. The Tooth fairy? How dare you say? <laughs> don't, don't, don't say it with that. That's game See, I don't know yeah, why. How dare you? I don't know why they haven't made a sequel to that yet and called it Tooth Fairy with T W O. Like, think about that. Tooth. <laughs> the Rock needs to get on that. Dwayne, All right. Dwayne, Thank you very listening. much for tuning in. To yeah. this <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> How are we gonna top that? Yeah, this is Anyways, <laughs> so to bring the story to a close, Tooth. you get it. Tooth, Tooth Fairy, yeah. Tooth. Um, so I'm in. I'd like to lose more listeners, please. <laughs> I'm in London to interview the Fast and Furious cast, and I have my ticket with me. Right. 
and I go into each room. Tooth. Tooth. You get it? You get it? Jason, explain it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I get it. Yes. Wait, where did they do the interviews? It was like on a rooftop. It was on a somewhere. rooftop. Yeah. Wait, what was the rooftop when you got to go to the top of the O2 or something? That, that was, was it. For, that, was that was for that? Yeah, yeah. That was, a that was amazing. That was the stand-up. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. So, um... Yeah, I appreciate you. Remember all my... It was awesome. Thanks, man. Uh, walking in... Yeah, so I'm walking into those rooms and, you know, just having full-on, like, Fast and Furious conversations, right. which was very weird for me considering I saw the film nine times. Um... But to be to have been able to sit across from Paul Walker and did they have him, get your passion? Did oh they get yeah! It? Oh no! Paul Paul Walker even said to me like, you know, thank you for your questions. Thank you for taking the time to actually prepare for this. He was paired time. with Jordana. Uh, Jordana Brewster. Yeah, right. Uh, I remember uh, at, at seven, I got to ask Jordana Brewster because this is after Paul Walker's passing about that famous scene in the first one when when the sandwich <laughs> when he t- when he gets the tuna sandwich and he can like. You don't remember that whole sequence? Maybe. Oh, it's a great scene. Yeah, you go back and watch Fast and Furious 1. Um, I've seen it enough times I know every scene. Um, is it a great scene? Yes. It, is. <laughs> it's it a actually memorable, is. Memorable scene. Memorable. He lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Come on. This is, this is a very serious discussion. I understand that for those, those 20 seconds or less, he's free. Yeah. But is it a great scene? <laughs> I think Fast Five is a great movie. So that was a good movie. I like Fast Five. But the reason why the junkie. Sticks out to me now is I was able to show Paul Walker my ticket. Right. Paul Walker held my ticket. He appreciated that I still have my ticket. Right. Um, and just to have been able to sit down from with him and talk to him, and it happened to be in London, it'll always stick out to me. That's awesome. And it was you know when he passed away, it was a, it was what? Well, Jake's laughing about something else. <laughs> when Paul Walker passed away, it was a very serious thing, yeah. and I was just very thankful I got to meet him. Yeah. And 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 actually, he was always a nice guy. That's good awesome. conversation with him, and it was just um, so. Now that whole full circle of working in a movie theater, having my tickets, bringing it to Paul Walker, having Vin Diesel hold it, having Paul Walker hold it—that's awesome. That's it was a great story. Very that's awesome. That's, that's great awesome. Story. Yeah. Uh, this week's blend. We are still in the middle of October. What are you laughing? <laughs> we are uh, playing horror-themed blends, and this week's blend. Uh, as reminded to us uh, by Carrie, uh, because we forgot when we Thank were at the meetup, and she was like, um, "Duh, it's underrated." Because Kevin and I could not remember what our blend was. Could not remember this at all. And I know that you guys both have the same one, so yeah. I will let Jake take it. Jake, tell us what your and Kevin's pick is. Not just like favorite underrated, underrated horror, horror movie, genuinely one of my favorite horror movies of all time. And mm-hmm. in fact, it made my top ten list of the year when right. it came out. Right. A little film called The Descent. Oh, I, I was really, really hoping you both would pick this. It, it, it's, if you've never seen it, right? it's genuinely just a brilliant film about a group of women who go spelunking together. Right. And this group of women have their own interesting history, and they go spelunking, and it's it's as they get deeper and deeper into the cave, something happens that prevents them from being able to turn back. Okay. And as they progress forward, there's something that lies ahead of them that they're not prepared for. Okay. And that's all I'm prepared to tell you about because if you don't know what this movie is, if you're unfamiliar with it, it's best don't look up the trailer. Right. Don't YouTube it. I believe it's on Netflix. If it's not, pay go on Amazon Prime and pay four dollars to rent it. Just do and make sure that also that you watch the original British version. There's an American cut that has a what they call the American ending, which is the British version chopped off by thirty seconds, which yeah, makes no sense. So that makes that makes a huge difference. Thirty seconds. Yes. Okay. Well, and, and we'll talk about the ending off air, and I'll tell you why I think it makes a difference. Okay. Um, but if you've never seen it before, it's just truly it's terrifying. It 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 brings in a lot of personal feeling. They're all of these very strong female characters. 
they're all really well developed and uh, there's a lot of uh, emotional stakes to it mm-hmm. and, and then there's also like it's just genuinely a really freaking scary movie do you know how people can watch it is it on stream I think it's it was on Netflix for a while right um I watched it on Netflix, so my problem is because I watched it, it didn't pop up anymore. So I don't okay. know if it's still there. Okay. Um, Kevin, what do you think of it? The Descent? Yeah. Well, I actually wanted to go with something different because I didn't want to... Oh, uh, so no, 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 When this was first announced, the first movie that hit my mind was The Descent. Sure. I know Jake and I both have a very similar uh, mindset on that film. So I'm going to defer that one to Jake because I want to be able to go a different route only because I think there are so many great underrated horror films. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if somebody asked me that question flat outright, I would say The Descent. Yeah, that's right. So I'm going to go with two because I'm cheating. And I'm also deferring to to two that uh, I'm not going with the one I truly feel. Um, I'm going to go with... Because uh, you said that Cabin in the Woods does not count for this discussion, right? Correct. I think it's appreciated enough. I don't understand enough. why. Well, I think it's appreciated enough that so it's think, not underrated. I think the Descent and Cabin in the Woods are in the same category. Oh, I disagree. I think Cabin is much higher. I don't think so. I think they're both very underrated. Well, really? All yeah. Right. Chase so, is, uh, I mean, Cabin in the Woods. Chase, you just stand by for all of our arguments. Yeah. Like the tiebreaker. Yeah. The tonight. Cabin in the Woods is <laughs> here. The Cabin in the Woods is an absolute game changer. But oh, it's amazing. S- but since that one last week was told was told to me that I can't go that route. Right. But I but I would argue. Just let you listen. Like you put. But I do on monster list. So I do, do argue <laughs> that <laughs> I do argue <laughs> that Cabin in the Woods is driving Miss Daily Daisy. Carbon, the Cabin in the Woods to me is an underrated horror movie. But. I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with The Mist. Oh, that's a good one. Great call. Great call. And the reason I go with The Mist is because it has arguably, in my opinion, one of the most shocking endings I've ever seen in a film. Yes. Very strong. Which I still don't fully feel like I've ever fully comprehended and understood. I love it. And what's ironic is that Stephen King is known for his dark endings, and that is a novella that ends fairly hopeful. Have you read it? Yes, I have. It ends... In a hopeful fashion. Yes, and the movie does not. In the movie, and he's known for dark endings, and that's one of his few stories that ends hopefully. Right, but he loves the movie. He ending. loves it, and he, he hasn't, he's, he's, I mean, Frank Darabont, right? I mean, I'm sorry, I cut you no, off. No, no, okay. no, but Darabont, I'm like, I, uh, the ending is so. Yeah. No one knows King more than Darabont. Right, it's true. Yeah, because Darabont did what? Green Mile and Shawshank. Green Mile and Shawshank, yeah. yeah. But. Uh, me, I met King one time. Did I ever talk about that story? You did. Yeah, many oh. times. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. one of his best movies, right? Oh yeah, Dark Tower. It was so awesome. That, that's my choice. For yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, because it was a horror movie. Um, so I'm gonna go with The Mist, be solely based on the ending, mm-hmm. and then uh, Mike Doherty film called Trick or Treat, which is um, oh nice, a great, phenomenal, great choice, great choice, phenomenal oh, film. Yeah, good movie, really great good movie. movie. And that little kid, the, the kid with the mat, like, it's, it's so and the, scary. The bus going off the cliff, and, and a pack win. The whole that's a really violent. Mess. Wait, what's your pick? So the, uh, those two, I you think. Pick three. <laughs> actually, I picked four. I picked four. Actually. Well, I mean, why do we even do this? Right. I actually would have gone. Team Thousand is best monster. Driving Miss Daisy is best underrated horror movie. I actually. Like, if we're not going to play by the rules. And what are we doing? I would have gone with Cabin in the Woods if yeah. you had told me. I, I could. think you should be able to go with Cabin in the Woods. But that, I think that falls under the category of okay. horror movie. Okay. Then if I'm allowed to go Cabin in the Woods, that will be my ultimate pick. Okay. So five. He has five different movies. Gets to choose from. Yeah. But I wanted so, to name a couple other so, ones. So Kevin doesn't have to play by the rules. But I like this. Saying. No, I like it. I, I inspire his uh, his motivation. I just didn't know we'd have to play by the rules, but that's good to know moving forward. What rules? There are no rules. Picking one. One is it's the rule. You pick one. The blend game is wide open. You pick one. All right, I'm picking Hush. 
Ooh! I've never Which seen Hush. Perfect because of what I'm obsessed with right now. Oh! We have to mention this show on our first. Right, give him Hush. Let Sean develop. We we have to end this show because Jake and I are in the middle of one of the best shows. And we're in the same spot. Episode six. Same spot. Yes. All right, go. Phantoms like a month. Mike Flanagan is the. I've never seen Hush. I need to. Boss of horror. Yes. Right now. And, and very excited to see what he does. With so Dr. happy you brought this up. Mike Flanagan is he rules. And he, he liked my tweet today. He is the director of on Netflix the Haunting of Hill House, which is a ten part series that the three of us are obsessed with. And uh, these two guys are ahead of me. I'm into episode four. They are both uh, beyond me. Uh, but Mike Flanagan also directed uh, a couple of the horror films, one of them being Hush, which you can find on Netflix right now, which is a story of um, a deaf woman who is at home. They also mute. And, and mute also and is encountering a home invasion. And it's how she is able to react to this person. Because she can house. neither hear the invasion nor get on the phone. Well, to just express. take it, Jake. Just take my pick. <laughs> Well, Jake, I mean, Jake, 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 so, I'd like to at least did invade Sean. You, did, you miss, did you miss the joke? No, I got it. I think that Hush is a movie that people need to check out because they probably haven't seen it yet before. It's, it came it's around, right around the time that Netflix was starting to really blossom with original programming. Uh, people didn't necessarily know that, like, oh, I can go to streaming to find some some new films that I haven't necessarily seen. I don't have to go to the theater necessarily. Uh, Hush maybe slid under the radar. I think as people are checking out The Haunting of Hill House. I guarantee it'll pop up in the recommended. Right. So give Hush a try. Definitely give great, what a Haunting great of Hill House a try. Because I know how to play the game. Hey, Sean, is it truly your favorite yes. R&B artist of all time <laughs> is Husher? <laughs> Anyways, continue. <laughs> oh god, that hurts so much. So that's Sean my that's my underrated my underrated. And also, seriously, uh, I, I do a uh, talk for a second about Hill House. I, I seriously I do a top ten TV show best TV show list of the, in the same way that we do top ten movies list of the year. I do top ten TV shows. Sure. Hill House is in contention for my number one. Wait, spot. wait, wait! You're only halfway through it. What if it co- completely it's traps true. the bed? In contention. Okay. O'Connell. Jesus. Okay. I'm six episodes out. Atlanta and the Americans. Okay. Um, I, um, I I just Hill House is great. Hill, I I just watched an episode that not only ex- like proved to me that Flanagan like has what it takes to make Doctor Sleep an amazing movie, even though I wasn't even a big fan of the book. Right. Um, it I think he's one of the most probably talented like at least TV director horror directors working today. Right. That in that episode episode six <clears throat> without getting into details. Is Kevin back me up? One of the most meticulously, beautifully, unbelievably well directed episodes of television and, I've ever seen. And I the like opening it. tracking shot, I believe, is about eighteen minutes. I think um, the episode six is comprised of, I think, four to six gigantic tracking shots that are masterfully executed. Right. Um, to me, so I, I, I will say this: this the series is incredible. It starts off. Uh, you need to get into it. Like you need to be able to, uh, like, just put your phone down. Yeah, watch it because and while it is a hard watch, don't tell me yeah. what to do. No, no, no. but while but it is like, a, while watch it, it in the sense that like there are people in the background. Yeah, that I have there not, are ghosts. Yeah, in the background that that have not like like you're focused like they're not the camera. To you. The camera yeah. doesn't rack focus into them. Right. They, the camera or you, there are no sound effects to make you focus. 
you're focused on a conversation two people are having. Yeah. A ghost steps out to watch them and listen, and yeah. then the ghost steps back in. It's terrifying. So terrifying. I'm not saying this in any exaggeratory way, but um, there's an episode. I want to say it's four or five, where there's a uh, a particular ghost that I guess I'll just refer to as the floating man. That's four. Um, That's episode four. Four. Um, in the past week and a half, I've woken up at least four of the nights. One of them was last night, and I. I, I have to, like a kid, cover my head with my blanket because I'm afraid I'm going to look into a corner and see him coming towards me. And the show is not necessarily, while it is a horror show, it's very much more about grief I've been and family. People, this oh, is yeah. us in a haunted house. Right. And that's a great way to put it because you're dealing with, essentially, the premise is that these five kids grew up in a house that their parents were fixing up. Right? Yeah. yeah um, right. And essentially the idea is we are cutting back and forth between present day of where they all are, which is as adults, and then their experiences as kids. And the, I think the big rising star from this show is this actress named Victoria Pedretti, who's playing a character called Nell. Um, episode five of the series is all about her storyline, which has become now, I think Jake can agree, the through line to what the show is becoming. Um, it's very Stephen King-like. Stephen yeah. King is all about... Uh, people experiencing things as kids and how it grows up to affect them as adults. That's a very Stephen King thing. It's which is genuinely, why, I mean, he, and even he, Stephen King, tweeted that this was the work of genius. It's genuinely yeah. freaky, but in a in a in a in a way that it's not like a haunted house scare, right. which what it could have yeah. been. It's stuff that sits with you, and you don't know it sits with you. So, like, I'm having recurring thoughts of shots of. Whether it be the bent yeah. neck lady or the bent like, neck, lady. yeah, it was very. Oh. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening. The bent neck lady. So I'm on episode seven. Um, I'm my wife and I have a thing where we don't watch. If we're watching a show together, we don't ever watch it apart. So I'm I'm gonna go home and finish it when I get back. But I just we just I just watched six before I left for Edinburgh, um, and I'm telling you, episode five and six was probably two of the greatest episodes of TV I've seen in a long time and I just finished Better Call Saul which is phenomenal as well well I want to point out that the star of Hush is Katie Siegel who's who Theo is, who plays Theo who is Flanagan's wife Flanagan's wife right, right. also right. outstanding so yet another reason yeah. um, She's I find it fascinating that you both came around to the fact that Haunting of Hill House is influenced by King because for next week oh our, our blend game is going to be hashtag King Blend. Wow. Oh, that's okay, debate, that's real hard. And we will debate because our favorite Stephen King movies. Movie. The movie. Okay, adaptation or movie? Well, movie. Well, the adaptation movie. Well, adaptation would imply you can do TV shows like The Stand and things like that. Oh, I see what you're saying. Um, no, I think it has to be a movie. I think it has to be a movie. Or I don't movies. think it can be a TV show. Like, like we can do Castle Rock. Correct. Not that I would do Castle You Rock. cannot do Castle Rock. It has to be a film. Oh, yeah. I mean, already, Jake's answer is clearly thinner. Yes. Hey, for the record, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're playing you along with right, us, you have to go thinner. At home. That freaked me out actually, as a kid. King right, it's a good movie. I read that book. And, okay, to be fair, Stephen so King didn't write that. Richard Bachman wrote that. Your pick oh, Chase said on Twitter. <laughs> wait, wait, we got to clarify here that it's yes. not. Chase said best Graham King movies. This is, <laughs> this is, this is, this is best. I believe it's Graham Queen. See, which I did say to him today, which was great. You can follow us online. Uh, we are at Real Blend, R-E-E-L-B-L-E-N-D. You never know. One day we might show up in your city and tell you a uh, bar to go to. And are you, three of us might be there. Are you aware of, um, have you guys ever read, like, 
like 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 Stephen King interviews where he's talked about like his favorite movies of all time, and like specifically his favorite Clint Eastwood film, which I was actually shocked oh, to god. hear about. Oh god, Change King, like Changeling, but Change King. No, dude. No. No. no Sean, wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jake can be found at Jake's Takes. Kevin can be found at at. These painful puns. <laughs> driving can we give Chase a, a social media shout out? Uh, Chase, where are you at? Chase off. He's at Chase off. At Chase off. <laughs> I, I <see> underscore <laughs> Nickelodeon.com. Uh, I'm at Sean underscore O'Connell. Of course, you can find us at Real Blend. Uh, if you have a King Blend and you want to drop it to us, do it at Real Blend or at Real Blend at CinemaBlend.com. Uh, drop us a review. We're on iTunes. Obviously, if you guys want to leave us a review on iTunes, we will read it at the top of the next show. We're at 58 star ratings. We need to get to 100 by the end of the year, or Jake is getting kicked off the show. Great. I'm going to quit long before that. I find very exciting. Yeah. And we're going to do a show sometime soon, although we both have, uh, we all have some really exciting travel coming up. And you know uh, Freddie Mercury's favorite Stephen King adaptation, oh, right? God. <laughs> Just stop, dude. The Queen Mile. <laughs> yeah, because Green. We hope you but all, he's in a band called Queen. We hope you all so, enjoyed the Queen this, Mile. this week's episode. <laughs> we will be back very, very soon. We didn't quite hit the two-hour mark. How long is it? But it's it's an hour and a half. Oh, dear God. And it is very, very late in London right now. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. Really, I haven't slept in five days. Forgive me. Really appreciate everybody tuning in to listen. <laughs> Thank you very much. We will talk to you soon. And, of course... Dunkirk. Solo name. Hamilton. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.